Welcome to another episode of the No Feeding Tube Show. I'm your host, Yvonne McLaren, and I'm here to help you live your best food life following or during head and neck cancer treatment. And what do I know? Well, in late 2018, I was diagnosed with oropharyngeal cancer, and I went on to have a third of my tongue removed, both tonsils, the tumour, 30 lymph nodes and 30 chemo radiotherapy sessions. I also had a peg tube feed for 15 months and ate nothing orally in that time. So thanks for listening. This is a lived experience and one that I think is better shared. So grab your favourite beverage or your walking shoes and let's get started. Episode 21 of the No Feeding Tube Show. Hello, I'm Yvonne McLaren and I'm your host for today. And it's an exciting day for me because episode 21 denotes the start of series two. Uh, And for those that are new here or the first time listening, uh, I'm a head and neck cancer survivor and that's the first time I've ever said that. So this is a lived experience about my food journey and what I've done uh, to create the best food life that I can possibly have, having had head and neck cancer treatment. And today I want to talk about food boredom. And it is a thing, particularly when you have altered eating issues as I do and I suspect many of you do. What do you do about the boredom? And it got me thinking about this uh, whole journey for us and I know it's very different for each and every one of us but there are some things with similarities that I'm noticing in all of our journeys, boredom with food being one of them, food maintenance, food care, eating out in public, eating out socially, having to explain to people what's going on with you and why you're doing what you're doing. Um, And it's difficult and it's difficult for all of us. So today's episode is about food boredom and transitional foods. Uh, I want to talk about three areas. And those three areas are going to be about transitional foods and their purpose and what I use them for. I'm going to talk about research and experimentation and I'm going to talk about reframing the way that you think about food now going forward. So transitional foods, if you hadn't heard about them, and I hadn't because no one ever told me about them, um, but they're a thing and they are, well... I gather that their purpose is to get you from eating a particular texture to eating a more solid texture. And if you don't know about IDSI, I-D-D-S-I, the International Dysphagia Diet Standardisation Initiative, no wonder they created an acronym because even for me that's difficult to say. IDSI talks about the flow, the thickness and the types of transitional foods that you should be eating depending on which IDSI level you are at. And if you don't know which IDSI level you are at, if you are like me and no one ever told you, then uh, I would go and check that out to see where your starting point is. And, of course, I talk about that in the Mind Food Body Method and Program that I've created uh, about your pathway and where you are on that journey so that you can start to make some steps towards a better life, food life. Transitional foods, as far as from this lived experience and from my experience, 
I sort of stumbled across transitional foods when I was going from my peg tube feeder back to eating orally again and I didn't eat orally for about 15 months and I started with smoothies and I started adding things to that liquid and for things for me were things like prawn crackers um in Chinese restaurants you buy those prawn crackers and they dissolve in your mouth but I started adding those to soup I started adding little um croutons little they called sippets s-i-p-i-t-s and they're fried little bits of bread that you can add into your soup and you they float in your soup and suck up all the liquids so that's what I considered to be a transitional food and I think I think one of the problems and if you go to uh Teresa Richards podcast it's called the swallow your pride podcast Teresa Richards Richards uh, episode 237 she's talking to an SLP specialist called Katia and it was quite an interesting episode to listen to because they were talking about transitional foods and the fact that in that idzy framework it's quite difficult to um, for someone in America for example to talk about foods that are relevant for people living in Japan or Korea because it doesn't translate you know um, a soft liquid type food how is that going to translate in Korea or Japan so I found that particularly interesting from a food perspective because my passion is food. How do we change that up so that that whole framework is relevant to where you live and what sort of foods you can eat and consume in your own region? Um, So go and have a listen to that. Teresa Richards, um, The Swallow Your Pride, episode 237. I just found it interesting from a, a food point of view. I'm going to tell you this, but the only way you're going to stop the boredom of food is by researching and putting some effort into your culinary expertise. You have to become culinary savvy. There is no way around it. If you continue just to eat the food and consume and try things that you know kind of work without doing any research or any experimentation into different cuisines, then I can tell you this, my friend, your life food-wise will forever stay beige. And that's that's not what we're about here. We're about creating your best food life. So you need to be brave and you need to experiment and you need to try things that you wouldn't necessarily have. Now, if you're not a foodie and you don't care and you just want to keep eating the same thing in and out, then go for it. That's entirely up to you, but not for me. I want to travel. I want to travel overseas. I want to do things. I want to go places. I do not want my food life to dictate my activity. And I can say that now quite easily. What am I, three and a half years out? I say that easily. Nothing is easy in this journey, as we know. But you have to become a culinary explorer. You have to get out of your comfort zone and try different cuisines. 
for example, I know I'm talking to a woman in India at the moment and um, I say to her, I can eat tandoor breads, those breads that they cook on the side of those big hot pots. I can eat Indian um, Nepalese food pretty easily because I've experimented with it and I try it and there's lots of sauce and there's lots of vegetable and there's lots of tofu and there's lots of... That's my cats going in and out of my cat door and I'm, I'm not going to edit that out, but <laughs> they're going outside because it's a rainy day. You have to experiment with different culinary foods. Um, that's the only way you're going to expand your food repertoire and know what you're going to be able to eat. Um, so in researching and experimenting, um, you will, just by nature, reframe the way that you think about food because we know as a collective group of people that suffer from this um, debilitating side effect that it is as much mental as it is physical. And every single day you have to rally, you have to get your mind around the fact that you're going to have to eat today at some point. Now we know that looking forward to a Sunday roast lunch is probably not on our list anymore. So I'm discovering that you have to add things in around your food times to make it something to look forward to. Uh, So you need to reframe the way you look at food. You need to explore and discover other cuisines that may do the thing for you that you need. And that might be starting to transition off soups to slightly thicker food product. What can you do and what can you add and what can you take to work and what can you eat at home that takes you from that one step from eating a thick soup and it might be pumpkin, potato and leek, it might be Indian with lentils, it might be um, a Greek soup with lemon, you know, and of course you have to consider the things that your mouth can tolerate. Now I consider myself lucky because I can tolerate a bit of curry it has to be the right curry, uh, and by saying right curry, I can't do vindaloos, I can't eat chilli anymore, fresh chilli, but I can do massaman, I can do kormas, I can do some of those milder, uh, longer, lingering flavours, if you like. And that's how you stop boredom in food, by building on those layers and by having, having flavour linger longer in your mouth and you know we might view that in very different ways you might be a person that goes I can't tolerate any of it I can't stand having anything in my mouth that is sharp or salty or citrusy or uh, it has to be bland and if it has to be bland for you and you're becoming bored well guess what you're going to have to do some research around texture. It may not be a flavour issue. It might be a textural issue that you have to get your head around. I spoke yesterday uh, on an episode around regional food eating and I talk about egg noodles and the thickness and the length and the um, manoeuvrability in your mouth depending on how much tongue you have left Or do you have no tongue manoeuvrability and have to tilt your head back and throw the food back? Which means you're probably going to need a soup 
chaser, as I call it. And I literally make stock and use that stock in a hot mug, make it hot in a mug like I would soup and use that as a chaser to get food down. But, you know, this food life is, as I say, as much mental as it is physical. And you are going to have to become culinary savvy, particularly if you want a better food life. And I, you wouldn't be here listening to this if you didn't want to improve your food life, if you didn't want to create and find some way to get from here to there. How do I make this process a bit easier? How do I eat at work without being embarrassed about it? How do I... Um, explain to people what I'm going through and and why I do the things that I do and and how I do the things that I do. You know, this this is where it becomes very much a mental journey as much as a physical journey. And look, I'm still learning, you know. I mean, I've got the added benefit of um, knowing how to manage and step-by-step process things because I've come from an event management background, so I know you have to do a million little steps to create that, whatever that might be. Um, And they have to be systematic and they have to be processed and you have to know and learn by experience. And you can only do that by trying. And you have to practice and you have to practice cooking and you have to practice putting things in your mouth and swallowing them and eating them and seeing what is working for you at the moment. And of course, we know that we have the added issue of what works today may not work next week or may not work tomorrow. Um, But I'm here to tell you and give you some hope that uh, I know in my own experience that things are slowly, slowly coming back to normal. I'm doing that in inverted commas if you're listening on podcast. Uh, You have to just keep practicing. So food boredom and transitional foods, go and check out that uh, uh, Teresa Richards episode of number 237 on the Swallow Your Pride uh, podcast. It's really good. Uh, A woman called Cartier talks about uh, transitional foods and how they are interpreted worldwide from a food cuisine point of view and I think that's really important and that's something that I'm going to explore a little bit further because uh, I tend to eat lots of Japanese food, lots of Korean food, Asian food, Indian food, Greek food and uh, Mediterranean diet and I manipulate food to suit my swallow capabilities and I play around with different cuisines to stop my boredom. I get bored with stuff. God knows if I ever see another bowl of pumpkin soup, I am going to hit someone. Um, But, you know, quite often that's all they will dish up in a restaurant because that's what the general populace wants to eat. Unless you live in Vietnam like I did, where soup, uh, fur, as they pronounce it, P-H-O, Uh, is a way of life and it's breakfast, lunch and dinner and I love it. And the fact that those Vietnamese soups have different vegetables, um, different fried breads, different meats, different tofu, different bean shoots, it gives you an opportunity to try different food. And yeah, I wear it. Yes, I dribble it. Yes, I have to do major, major mouth maintenance after I've eaten, as we all do. 
you're probably like me. You carry around a small mirror and a little toothpick and you check all the time what's going on. You can't assume that the saliva in your mouth is going to wash away the, de- um, the debris, as I call it, the detritus in your mouth because it doesn't anymore. But we know that. So food boredom. Look at your transitional foods. What can you do? What can you change up to make the boredom a bit different? A different boredom, if you like. And it really is a different boredom, isn't it? What can you add into your soup that will make the um, eating of soup a little bit less? Oh, here we have pumpkin soup again. Research and experiment. You have to become culinary savvy. There is no way around that. If you want to improve your food life, With altered eating, you need to research different cuisines. You need to try different cuisines. You need to find a food-eating buddy and go to different cafes, one that you know you can eat with, and go and try things. I do that. I take a trusted friend with me because I'm solo, I'm single. Um, And if you're lucky enough to have a spouse, take them because they're across this and go and try a different cuisine in a different cafe. Go and see what works. Talk to the owner of the restaurant. Tell them what you're going through. Have your elevator pitch ready. And if you don't know what an elevator pitch is, I talked about it in another episode. Um, I'd have to look that up. But I do talk about elevator pitches somewhere. And the third thing is reframe the way that you think about food. You know it's as much mental as it is physical. Go in there and look at eating as away and it's a little process and it's a bit of an event in your day look at the way you're serving yourself that food how you plate it up what cutlery you're eating it from what sort of serviette or napkins are you using and make it a mindful thing it's no longer a mindless activity you know that so you might as well get into it and make it the mindful and beautiful activity that it can be the best it can be for you i think that's the end of today's episode episode 21 the first of series two yay um if you haven't downloaded my social editing checklist this would be a good time to do that i'll leave a link below either in the podcast and or the youtube episode if you're watching online on youtube But that's today's episode around eating and boredom and transitional foods. And do you know what transitional transitional foods you should be having? Um, And like me, I experiment with all sorts of different cuisines just to up the level and up the ante on my food journey. Okay, everybody, until next time, eat well. Please check out my social eating checklist, the link of which is below here on the YouTube channel or on your podcast that you're listening to. Take care, everybody. Welcome to Series 2. If you haven't checked out Series 1 yet, go and do that because I flow through a bit of a... um, It's a bit of a journey, train of thought that I'm thinking, but um, I'm getting lots of feedback from you out there. And some of the things you'll probably notice I'm now talking about because you've asked me to or you've mentioned it or you need some help with it. So stay well, eat well and take care until episode 22. Okay, see you everyone. Bye.